Oh, I'm tired, Kevin. I'm a little bit tired, yeah. Yeah, we're getting old. It's just that there's nothing there's nothing for it, mate. We're just we're old men. Yeah, well, this old man just spent uh six hours on a motorcycle too, so motorcycle? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I wrote I rode here. Why would you choose to ride a bike to Edmonton, you maniac? Oh my god. What's a highway bike, Kevin? That's what it's made for, man. So fucking stressful. Jesus. People drive like fucking idiots in this province. Well, I crossed over the line and they drive way nicer in this part of the world. Ugh. Roads are better too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there is something in all this oil money, Randy, you know? Greetings, queenies and in-betweenies. We've got some serious stuff to talk about this week. So serious, in fact, I think we should just put it off till next week or till I forget about it. There. Problem solved. Welcome to Seaside Pod with you. I've put on some serious kilometers this week, and Kev is coasting by on his good looks. Now, let's talk Very some queen. So yeah, two days ago I was in, yeah, I was in Esteban. So it's thousand kilometers basically for argument's sake it's not good mate it's not good for you then when i get home i'm gonna come home thursday evening and friday i'm gonna leave for uh yorkton for three days you're just you're just an international man of well not international interprovincial not even that intercity but you're provincial man of mystery is what you are provincial man of mystery (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well, okay. I'm counting. I'm counting this as we've started. Uh, we've already started here. What we've started is up to trying to tell me. You know what? You know something. I think that really needs talking about too is this uh, Mr. Elon Musk and his oh. absolute determination to take Twitter and put it into the fucking toilet. He's just a, an absolute moron. I mean, it's one of the worst rebranding rollouts I've, I've ever seen. Like no one knew about it until he did it. That's one thing, right? He didn't announce it. Um, the app is still has the Twitter logo. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fucking gong show. And to but, what end? Like, well, that's X. just it. What the that's X just mean? it. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like, he's obsessed. He's a moron. How much money was spent just in the promotion of Twitter as, as it is now before he got there? You're yeah. just taking all of that and you're just throwing it out the window. Well, and not just that, but the, the logo looks like they've just fucking, it looks like clip art. Yeah, it's, it's weak. It's embarrassing, is what. Yeah, it's just dreadful. Yeah, it's weak. It really is. Yeah, I agree. You know, in the uh, in the words of uh, Mr. Mike Campbell, who is the guitarist for Tom Payne and the Heartbreakers, "Fuck that guy." Yeah, fuck that guy. Ooh, it ought to be a crime. He ain't no friend of mine. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy is right. That's I'm not right. In, not entertaining. I'm not calling it X, Randy, and I'm not Xing, whatever the fuck we're going to do instead of tweeting. Fuck him. No, let's just keep calling it Twitter and let's just keep calling them tweets. And that's the other thing, too, Kev. <laughs> and maybe this is something that we could, we, we should ask our audience. Are we going to go on threads? Are, are we going to get a, are we going to start using that? I think maybe, yeah. I've got it. I do have an account for Petty Podcast. So I think we will, just, just in case. Just think, in case I think it people... makes sense to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that's basically kind of Facebook too, right? So it'd be cool if that could somehow be all rolled into one, right? But 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. Well, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't really understand what Threads is supposed to do. This, talking about it, you know, you can have conversations on there. You can share. Well, I can't. I can do that on Facebook. What are you? What are you talking about? Like, I don't. Why are you competing with Twitter in a space that you're already competing with Twitter in? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I know. What do well, I know? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I I agree completely. I was wondering the same thing, and I'm not nearly as bright as you are. So imagine how confused I am. <laughs> <laughs> But you're not as confused as him, are you? I mean, it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel is. It's my job to do what I'm asked to do by the creative element of this. If there's ever a question that starts with, does Randy know? The answer is always (laughs) no. 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 (laughs) Well, what I lack in knowledge, I'll make up for in opinions. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I wish I could find that again. It's that's a an Irish comedian whose name eludes me at the moment, but he's talking about this. He did a like he, he did a a documentary about ghosts, and they go into this this place, you know, and he's the, the, the this haunted place or whatever. And the security guards, this big guy, you know, the guys with no neck, just big big fucking lump. And he says, yeah, that's his saying. Well, I lack in knowledge. I'll make up for in opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So good. Andrew Maxwell, that's the guy's name. I'll see if I can find it for you. It's good. So uh, speaking of Twitter, mm-hmm. what the hell happened on Twitter? I was sort of a bit absent from Twitter this week, just given yeah. my sked. So yeah, you've been all over the place. Um, well, do you, I don't know if you remember what you guessed. I don't. Okay. You guessed 80-20 <laughs> and I guessed 92 to 8. <laughs> so Twitter and Facebook both let me down badly again because what was the Twitter result, Randy? Well, we got 82 champion and 18 biting the dust or 82.8 and 17.2. So I would say that I was pretty doggone close. You were, and you also were on Facebook. So Facebook, we had a lot more votes this time. We're getting, a, I think we're starting, people starting to get hang of the hang of the voting thing on Facebook now. So Good. we had um, 21%, or sorry, 81% champion, and 19% dust on Facebook. So there you go. Wow. So I called it again. You did. You called it. You called your shot and you're a bastard. So that's at least three in a row you've won now. I think there my 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 reign as the king of predicting uh, meaningless polls on, on Twitter and on social media, it's probably coming to an end, I think. Well, your reign of terror would have to end at some point. I am no Robespierre, sir. sir. I'm no Robespierre. No reign of terror here. Um... What are we doing here, Randy? What was this podcast all about for people who don't know, people who are maybe just joining us? Well, Kev, what we do here is we listen to a Queen song, which is generated at random. And then once it is generated at random, then we talk about it just for far too long. <laughs> and I do believe that is pretty much the only reason, really. If you're just to boil it down to what are just the absolute essence of it, I think that's it. There you go. That's that's the podcast, folks. It's a Queen podcast where two uninformed men talk at far too much length about a band they know very little about. That's a good. <laughs> it's a good format. That's a great format. <laughs> I should mention that we stole the format from a good friend of mine, Corey Morissette, and I'm I'm pleased to announce, Randy, on this podcast right now that I've got another podcast coming. What? The first episode of which will drop on Tuesday. It's called Ultimate Catalog Clash. And every season, we're going to take a different band and examine their discography, talk about the albums one side at a time per episode, and uh, try and decide which is the uh, the best uh, the best album in their catalog. So there you go. How about that? Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty exciting, Kev. First band is Phil Collins' Genesis. 
Bill Collins era Genesis. Yeah. But that's nice. not, what, not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about Queen tonight. Should we get to some social media? Because people have been talking to us about Queen. I think we should talk to them about Queen. So this was a good one from Lynn Davidson. She said, uh, regarding a song being performed before recorded, that was the case with You Take My Breath Away. When introducing it at Milton Keynes, he, Freddie, says, this is a new one. It hasn't quite been recorded yet, but anyway, now goes into it. Now, I kind of got into a bit of a, I went online, I was like, well, the concert was on this date, the album was recorded on this date, so it must have been recorded, but then I missed, I was looking just at the first session because Date the Races was um, in two sessions. So I was definitely wrong, Lynn was right, so we got an answer there, but like I said, I still don't think it was the norm because we were talking about, you know, you were asking me about if that was normal, whether they ever road-tested songs or whether they just kind of went in and recorded them in the studio, but mainly I think it was recorded first, so. Mm, very interesting. So thank you, Lynn. Uh, Paul Bradbury says, I should like it, but I kind of don't. It's got some great moments. It just never landed with me. Uh, I can't explain why. I usually skip it, and that solo at the end is genuinely unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, Paul. I'm with you. It is unpleasant, but I think that's the point. Uh, Darren Hallowell <laughs> says, Champion, I was really shocked when I first heard the song. I had never heard a song so fast. They could make a great racket when they wanted to. That's a great, an unholy racket. An unholy racket. Have you ever heard, uh, um, you, you know, um, uh, Faulty Towers, right? With John Cleese? Of course. Racket? Racket? That's Brahms! Brahms' third racket! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Jim C. Curtis Sparkle says, a champion, no doubt. Early queen and the rockingest fucking groove ever. Never fails. Turn on the music. Let it drip right down in your eyes. Yeah. Hey, wow. There you go. Uh, Lynn Davidson then commented, she said, it's a champion, but I usually skip it for my dog's sake. Uh, at the very least, I turn it down when the screechy bit comes. <laughs> Black Pie. Uh, great pod, guys. Can't disagree. Susie Dent's been in touch. She's TM'd, <laughs> she's TM'd Dustopia for me. Seriously, though, can't help but think the dead stop at the end of the track is death from a heart attack. Unhappy coincidence. The next track is all dead, all dead. It's a good point. And I don't, I mean, maybe that's been percolating around my brain when I was younger, but we certainly, neither of us touched on that on the episode. But yeah, sheer heart attack and stop. Game over. Yeah. It works. I'm, I'm on board with it. Yeah, yeah. Ian Winnick says, this is pure punk. Not generally my cup of tea, but it's catchy and demonstrates Queen's peerless versatility. I've championed it, but it was largely due to peer pressure from the exuberant Mr. B. There we go. All I've got to do is apply a bit of peer pressure and we can tip the scales. I think. <laughs> oh, but that awful solo at the end gives me an inner, 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 inner ear infection. <laughs> oh, that's great. Shane Wilkes. Uh, champion, everything about it is brilliant. The dual Freddie Roger vocals, Brian's pre-punk riff and squealy solo, uh, Roger Taylor knocking the shit out of the rototoms, and John holding it all together. Superb. So I did have to correct Shane, and he, he was yeah. remembered that, that it wasn't. Yeah, but that's. But you know yeah. what? Hey, we we've made mistakes. We are human. They're human. We're all human. I'm a I'm a walking mistake. Apart from Elon. <laughs> Again, fuck that guy. Uh, Paul H. Patchkit says, at H. Patchkit says, as a kid discovering the Queen albums, it was the diversity that I loved. Uh, the album tracks that blew me away. We all knew We Will Rock You in Champions, but then to hear this, in all its speeding, chaotic splendor. Genius. Made me learn to play drums. Even bought some Rototoms. Hey, there you go. Get inspired by... Uh, everyone's got that one song, or that is that one artist they got inspired by. Not a bad one to be inspired by to play drums. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Nikki at the at midwife Nikki. Uh, I love it. I think it's evidence of Roger Taylor being at the cutting edge. Punk written years before punk. Uh, just like Fun It was funk before Hot Space came out. This band is seriously underrated as a musician by being known as Queen's drummer. Uh, well, yeah, and I guess we have read that in a few other things, that, that Roger was always the one that was trying to bring in some of these new new things and, and go and go forward instead of kind of going backwards in time for, for musical inspiration. That's cool. Yeah, and it, we've always said that's what we all admire about Queen, right? They didn't always get it right. They had their missteps with that, but it didn't stop them trying, and fuck it, you might as well swing for the fences, right? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Dieter, champion all day and all of the night. Nice little Kinks reference there. Um, this is one of the tracks any true Queen fan loves. I'm not a metalhead, but when Queen set the dials to 11 and something like this comes out, it's absolute bliss. Nice. Uh, E.M. Ling says it's their Achilles' last stand, uh, which is uh, which is an interesting comparison, but uh, it's definitely shorter than the Achilles' last stand. <laughs> it's about <laughs> a quarter of the length. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get uh, some of the Sonics, I guess, that he's talking about, so... And PJ at New Mercury says, uh, the first time I heard this, I was 17 and wanted to disappear. It's a champion to me, but I prefer the live versions. Yeah, isn't that the case with uh, quite a few uh, quite a few uh, Queen songs, hey, where their their live versions end up sort of surpassing the the studio version? And I, you know, this could be this could be a case for that too. We did watch a little bit of the live one, and it was quite awesome. So, and I I, I go back and forth on that because I was just about to say. Isn't that the mark of a of a really truly great band? But I think, I mean, the truly great bands and like I put the Queen in that bracket do both. They do great studio versions of songs and then they elevate them when they go out on tour. It's not like they record shitty versions of the songs and then make them good on tour. It's to record them well and then they make them even better. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Lisa Malloy says this song is sheer in capitals awesomeness. It's my favorite song on one of my top three Queen albums. Stone Cold Crazy Champion. And Alex Small says, at last you spun a champion. Was getting worried. I sounded like a miserable troll with recent tracks. This is just insane. Everything about it reeks Roger Taylor at his finest. Simon Ferocious, take note. This is how punk should be done. And live, the band are in their element. So, yeah. Nice. So, who's, who's Simon Ferocious, Randy? Is he one of the, those sexy pistols? One day uh, we were in the control room and Fred was sat at the desk. And um, suddenly we heard this voice, and it was Sid Vicious who'd come in, and he was clearly the worst for wear. Sid came in, and Sid was a moron, you know, he was an idiot. And he called into the room, have you succeeded in bringing ballet to the masses yet? I called Sid Vicious, I know, and called him Simon Ferocious or something, and he didn't like it at all. I said, what are you going to do about it? Fred went up and took him by the lapels and pushed him out the door. Uh, Ruddy Rutherford from Fit Light Photography. For me, this is amongst my favorite Queen tracks. Uh, the opening lyrics to the squealing solo, it's perfect. That the band can create a song this great, then on News of the World album, follow it with a very different but also great song is why I love them so much. Genius. Yeah, that's saying that's the, again, we've said it before and we'll say it again. It's the attraction of Queen. It's the just the eclectic nature of what they wrote. Richard Hearn, in our, in our, in our, in our champion. <laughs> Get a lot of that, man. But that line, I mean, that's that's the hook for the whole song, right? In articulate, it's so good, like it because it, it sticks in your brain. It's an earworm. So a good song to do. And he says, "Did I like this straight away at the age of ten? Probably not. But now I think it's fantastic. One of the top five songs in showing Queen's astonishing range, and that happens already on News of the World. 
This plus We Will Rock You, We Are The Champions, and The Magnificent Spread Your Wings. So, yeah, I mean, what a range that is. Those four songs on the same album. And there's more yeah. on that album. No doubt, hey? A Queen Rocks at Queen Rocks Australia. Queen can usually step into any genre and nail it. Here, they fail miserably. Melodically boring, lyrically juvenile. Fred's vocal doesn't suit. Weak production. It sounds trite and fake. <laughs> uh, were they inspired by punk? Or taking the piss. Either way, they sound like imposters. And uh, hashtag love queen. So just trying to, queen. Yeah. yeah, I love queen. Just trying to try to save a little face at the end of that <laughs> scathing review. <laughs> so I'm not sure that they'd like it. Yeah, I I am. I'm very sure that they don't. <laughs> uh, Rob Morris says sheer champion. I know what he did there, and that was that was not in tune, not in the right key. But I don't care. Um, the rest of Queen were great at doing old-timey music. Roger was the one who more often than not captured the zeitgeist. He'd definitely be a punk if he was born 10 years later. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think he still had rock bones. The bones were still in there, right? The, the rock and roll bones, so. Yeah. Uh, Pank at Pank 007. Pank P007, sorry. I mean, discussion necessary, question mark? Uh, and then he's got a, a live at Hammersmith uh, version of, of the song. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that means uh, Pank likes it. And Rob Hatton says, uh, superbly fast and heavy with lyrics and a vocal style that are surely in mockery of the Sex Pistols and their ilk. I'm not a massive fan of the obnoxious squealing guitar, but overall this track is a real belter. Champion all the way. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking too, I lived in London for eight, 18 months. I was stationed there. In, I was stationed at Chelsea Barracks actually in London for 18 months or so. I never went to a gig at the Odeon, at the Hammersmith Odeon, which is why I, I don't know. I, it's crazy to me now that I think probably just all my money went on booze, right? You're probably just broke. Yeah. Just broke all the time. But because it was right there, I saw Pink Floyd at Earl's Court, but I never went to Hammersmith. And I'd fucking love to see a gig at Hammersmith. Yeah. Fuck. No doubt. Some great live shows have been recorded there, like fucking Motorhead. Jesus, no sweet Hammersmith. Come on, give me a break. Um, Stephen Russell, champion. I love the NR inarticulate. I'm not keen on the scratchy noise that you generously called a solo, but it's nasty and heavy and cool with just enough melody to enjoy as well as admire it. Dramatic switch to All Dead, a great sequencing ploy. Queen often used well. Hmm. Steve at Queen Rock says, Sheer Heart Attack is a champion. My wife can't stand Brian's solo and insists on <laughs> me lowering the volume. <laughs> Blasphemy. By the way, I have a shrine to news of the world in my queen room and on my, and on my body. It's the best album art of any queen album. So and he certainly, he certainly does have Frank, news of the, the world tattooed on his shoulder. Very nice. I love Isn't it. That's fucking cool, hey? <laughs> I love it. It's great. If I was getting a queen tattoo, 100% that would be the one. That, yeah, I, that's what, that would be exactly the one I'd get to. Dominic Pierce says, great pod as always, guys. Thanks, Dominic. Uh, this song is a Stone Cold classic, enough said, champion. And Alice's dad, with the blue tick. Don't forget the blue tick. Queen does punk. I should hate this, as punk has mostly passed me by. I was three, uh, and I was never into it at all. I should hate this. It's the antithesis of what I like about Queen. I should hate this, but I can't. Queen does punk, and it's brilliant. A champion, who knew? <laughs> he's, he's having a real, <laughs> inner, real inner turmoil with that one there, hey, Barry. 
Okay, so Anthony Sam says, I should love it because I love Heavy Queen, and it works so well on News of the World, but it's just missing something. Sufficient input from three members of the band, perhaps? Yeah, fair point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's always the case when, you know, I mean, it's borne out by when you look at each of the their solo efforts, they never really got anywhere close to their, well, no, they never got anywhere near their best as a band. So when you lose Deke's input or you don't have Brian playing guitar, it's, you know, he's going to squeal a bit, but and yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I kind of agree. Yeah, it's a good point. Prime Jive Funster, that's Aaron P. Uh, champion, when I listen to this Queen song, so do my neighbors. Well, hell, <laughs> probably the whole block. The only way to play it is loud. Yeah, that's right. What's, I don't know. Uh, oh, fuck. It reminds me of that, uh, that joke. My neighbor came over and knocked on my door. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. I was up playing drums anyhow. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I blew the punchline, but. Yeah, you'd have to. The setup should be something along the lines of. I was, yeah. Uh, my neighbor knocked on my door at three a.m. Yeah, there you go. It's, yeah. it's okay. I was up anyhow playing drums. <laughs> well, to my drums in my house. Fuck off. <laughs> David A. Wilson says speed Meckle in it, champion. So yeah, Meckle. You that's like that's parts of England where you don't pronounce the T, you pronounce it as a as a K. So Meckle would be yeah. Oh, I see. Like I that. got you. I got you now. Brian Crozier says, cream of the crop, top of the shop, fucking champion. News of the World is probably the best Queen album, and this is unquestionably brilliant. Paul Rowley says, 100% champion, although the squeals do annoy my dogs. <laughs> Powerful stuff that still sounds fresh today. And uh, Matt Greenham says, champion, heavy as anything punk, thumbing the nose to the Sex Pistols next door. I love the abrupt finish and straight into the piano of All Dead, All Dead. Only Queen can do this. And uh, hashtag GFY, which we all know <laughs> means go fuck yourself. Thanks, Matt. I I may just go fuck myself later. <laughs> you and you don't. You probably don't. You probably don't know all dead, all dead. What we should do when we cover that song, whenever we spin that song up, is after we've kind of gone through it and we've done our usual spiel, I'll play you sort of the end of sheer heart attack, and then you can see how you can yeah. see the transition to all that because it is. It's very. It's like wow, that's bold sequencing. Cool. Right, over on Facebook, Brian Delaney says, I think I'm in the minority on this one, but I'm not a fan of this song. The shrieking guitar kills the old eardrums. It's certainly not a bad song, but not one I'd consider top tier. This would fall in that middle ground for me, but voting one way or the other, I'd have to just slightly say dust. Yeah, fair enough. There you go. Yeah. Owen Cole, champion for me, but the end seems incomplete without the first few piano chords of All Dead, All Dead, the next song on the album. Thousands of repeat plays as a kid associate these two together. Another great episode. Hey, thanks, Owen. Uh, Russell Watkins says, Champion for me, Sheer Heart Attack has a very in-your-face, punky wall of sound. Quite different to anything else they recorded. I find Brian's guitar quite harsh, but that's what he's trying to do. Is he playing with feedback? It's perfectly placed in the News of the World album. The next track is like the calm after the storm. Nice. Uh, Serena says, Champion for me, although I used to think it was a bit of a, out of place on News of the World, I think I read many moons ago it, that it was uh, Queen's nod to the latest fad of punk at the time. Short-lived, thank God. Could, <laughs> could never warm to it. Uh, Beatles forever. Maiden forever. Queen forever. Sheer heart attack. <laughs> hey, bands, bands that me and the Cardinal love also. So, Absolutely. Um, Andrew Shaw says, how can you not vote this a champion? This is so far out of Queen's wheelhouse, and yet they smash you in the face with pure, chaotic, frenetic perfection. Hook it to my veins. 
James Lawrence, I can see why people will like this, but I've always found it grating. Definite dust from me. Yeah, I disagree with James. He's not getting <laughs> he's not getting Tweet of the Week this week. <laughs> Nick Crofts, one of the very few Queen songs I've never really liked since I was a kid, 40 plus years ago. Uh, I find the guitar feedback sound towards the end very jarring and unpleasant to hear. They flogged the song to death live, which was bearable, but definitely has always been one of my least favorite songs. It's funny how it can swing so wildly, hey? Like from, yeah. you know, it being some people just absolutely adoring it, like I do. And then some people just think it's just, you know, hot garbage, which, yeah, fair enough. Shit on a stick. <laughs> shit, shit on a stick. Shit on a stick. Um, Well, this isn't shit on a stick. This is shit on a wheel. A lot of, lot of queen shit on a wheel. So should we spin this wheel and see what shit we're going to get? Why don't we just spin that fucker right now? Well, okay, but before we do that, Randy, I do have to ask you, is there something that you're dying to listen to over in uh, sunny Edmonton, where you are right now? Yes, in sunny Edmonton, people all day, they want to hear Seven Seas Arrive. Which one? <laughs> the, one that I, the one that yeah. I just saw. From Queen 2. <laughs> okay, Queen 2. Because I don't know if you know that, because Seven Seas Arrive was originally recorded on the debut album, but as an instrumental. And it's shorter. And then they, they added lyrics to it for Queen 2 and, and re-recorded it. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, there you go. Look at look at me. I'm just learning every day being your friend. Look at that. Hey, isn't that, isn't that nice? You learn to just try and avoid me as much as you can because I'm a pain in the ass. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Well, there's also that. Well, you're going Queen 2. I'm going to go Queen 1 then. I'm going to go just that one album further back. I'm going to go Great King Rat. That's what I want to listen to tonight. Perfect. So we're both going, you know, 73, 74. So we're going to probably get something from fucking Made in Heaven. <laughs> probably. Okay, come on, we'll do your worst. Because <laughs> it does like to shaft us as hard as it can. That's, you know, it's been our experience so far as we've been, we've not even been close. Oh, are you kidding me? Come on. It's happened. Folks, it has happened for the first time in the history of this podcast. One of us has called our shot. And you can probably tell by my tone of voice, Randy, what are we listening to tonight? <laughs> We're listening to my pick, Kev. <laughs> no, we got Great King Rat from Queen. Woo Sweet. You say, you're unbelievable. Right on. Good, good, good call, man. <laughs> so I think now I get a I get a you called your shot t-shirt from Corey Morissette. I think it's I don't I don't think it matters what podcast it's on. I think because there's a t-shirt for it. I think I get one. I'm pretty sure. Hey, Corey, get that get that shirt out sent on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great king rat from Queen. This is I'm just so thrilled. I've never, I never, never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd be able to call my shot with this many songs on the wheel still. <laughs> so now the pressure's on you. You've got to call your shot now. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So I'm going to assume, Randy, that you don't know this song. You know, honestly, my instinct is that I do, but, 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 oh, I, okay. I, but I, but I absolutely cannot place it. So, okay. Uh, just, just as we're sitting here. So, but we'll find out shortly. Okay, so we're going to go away, folks, now. And what we do is we, we, well, we bugger off. We try and do as much quick research as we can in about six, seven, eight minutes. Um, we usually both go have a quick fart and a quick scratch. We come back, and then with our newfound knowledge and all our gases emitted, we talk about, in this case, Great King Rat. <laughs> 
this is the point in the podcast where Randy and Kevin open various browser tabs and frantically Google various facts and miscellany in order to sound knowledgeable and well-researched. In the interest of time, this has been condensed into a short, but we think pithy, announcement. Goodbye. So, Kev, this one's written by Mr. Frederick Mercury, and it's a long one at five minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, so we have all of our favorite Queen members playing on it, recorded in uh, Trident Studios in London in June of 1972. And uh, I guess uh, apparently it was very much influenced by uh, Mr. Ricky Nelson, that kind of 50s kind of rock and roll sound. Well, that yeah, the, specifically the bands, right? So there's some, yeah. some guitar, bands, some string bands in there that Brian throws in, but it's, you know, it's it's very poetic and it's sort of leaning on Freddie's love of poetry and folklore and all that kind of stuff. And like I said to you before we came back on, it's it's very it's a very proggy song, you know. And yeah. it does, you yeah. know, if you think about metal at that time, Deep Purple, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, they're all sort of invoking fairies and goblins and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's very much in that vein. So they're they're just taking that formula and queenifying it really is what is how I describe it up front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, some references to uh uh old King Cole and, and whatnot here too. So I'm interested to see how that all plays out. You know it's funny too because this is the third track on side one of Queen and it comes after the last song that we did. Um, so it looks like we're picking off Queen One in order because it goes <laughs> Keep Yourself Alive, which is our first episode, Doing All Right, which was the first one we spun from this record, and then Great King Rat. So if that form continues, we should spin My, my Fairy King next from this album. So <laughs> speaking of spinning it, should we spin it? Let's spin it, Kev. So that intro, like if you know, because we talked about and we read that, you know, if you, if you think about the the titans of, of British heavy metal, Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, if you're going to compare that to anyone, that's Richie Blackmore more than any, more than the other two to my ear. It, well, you know, it's I was just thinking as you paused it there, but really great tone, really great tone on the guitar. And Don't I don't know if head. you, I don't know, I mean, I've only just heard that opening uh, uh, drum fill, yeah, uh, but that sound, the, the every, that kit sounds very tight very tight and, and maybe not small but you know right it sounds great great king red that today born on the 21st of may tights have got this body for on his birthday every second what he saw yes he was the son of a whore always wanted by the law wouldn't you like to know like again you, you said you about tipping my hand when we were offline there but how can you not bop your head and just get into this song it's so fucking cool 1973 all written in 1971 ish probably because it was part of the delay and leah sessions those demos that sort of you know are now available well, i mean what a song to be able to pull out of your fucking hat on your first album did you did you hear that floor tom too that's fucking it's a cannon it's great <laughs> 
Great baseline too. It's got the it's kind of got almost got the Iron Maiden gallop there, hey? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What and I think, you know, bands like Maiden, they were influenced by all these guys because everyone was listening to everyone, right? And they're all sort of, oh, of hanging around the yeah. same fucking clubs and listening to what each other's doing, thinking, Yeah, I like that. Let's use a little bit of that, or let's take a little bit of that sauce and add it into our little and put it in our soup. Does that work as a metaphor? Put sauce in our soup. I don't think it does, does it? <laughs> Absolute gibberish. <laughs> but yeah, the baseline too, hey. Yeah, it's cool, man. John's it's playing good. his ass off on this as well. And a lot of the early stuff too, like John plays some really, really cool stuff that he kind of, you know, he went away from. And once he started getting into sort of the more funk and dance stuff later on, you, it's easy to forget. Like if that was your exposure to Queen was Hot Space Forward, you'd never think this was the same bass player. Yeah, the writing is so different. Absolutely. Now hear this. Where will I be tomorrow? Will I beg Will I borrow? I don't care. I mean, you don't need more cowbell on this song. There's there's plenty of cowbell on this song. <laughs> if you got a fever, this song will cure it. And that's definitely the uh, the old King Cole reference there. That that line, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great, man. I'm loving it. And you know what? Yeah, I, I if if I've heard this before, I'd forgotten. So this is a this is a brand new a brand new fresh experience for me. And on technical, that I mean that that cowbell's dubbed right because he's not. I mean, obviously he's, he's playing. You can hear cymbals and you can hear. There's no way he's playing. He can't be playing that at the same time. Uh, yeah, probably not. I don't know. I'd have to listen again and think about it. Well, you you do that, Randy. It'll hurt, though. <laughs> I can already see the steam coming out. Show me! That guitar tone, especially on the left channel, it's just filth. Absolute pure filth. I fucking love it. So dirty. Yeah, it's it's definitely Brian being Brian. Hey, it, it, and you know this this early too, right? Yeah, it's very very sweet playing, man. Well, would they have? And they wouldn't. Would they have had an auto war back then? That would have been. He would have been doing that on the pedal, right? I assume. He's yeah. I'm sure he's probably using a regular pedal. The the, the auto war might have been invented then, but. I don't, but I'm, I really don't know actually. But he's probably yeah. just using a crybaby, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things too, like a, a war pedal. Just it makes I, very rare that you hear that in a song and think, "Oh, that sounds stupid." It's almost always fucking oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those really <laughs> neat. It's a cheat code for guitarists, is what it is. That's there you go. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Man, 
wouldn't be queen without a change, right? You got to have you got to have a change in there. You got to take it somewhere. Which was, you know, and we've talked about this lots. This song's quite long. It is, and so you want it to go somewhere because if it was if it was literally just those two sections the whole way through, Mister Mister Randy, I think would probably start to get a wee bit bored, even as good as it is. So we're gonna yeah. throw something different in. Yeah, boy, I hope they take me. Uh, I hope they take me somewhere else. And I just got to add here, Kev, real quick, that uh, I'm absolutely in love with <laughs> the Tom sound. <laughs> They're just gigantic, aren't they? So we'd read, good. We'd read too, though, that it was it, they were poorly mic'd and badly recorded. That fucking sound bad to me, man. Maybe it's just me being a Luddite, but... Is it this version that they said they weren't recorded by? I think so. I thought it was a different version. So yeah, in, in Queen Complete Works, revised and updated, um, it talks about there, you know, there are three, at least three studio versions known to exist. So you've got the Delane Leia um, at the Beeb, and then also the this one, the, sort of the, the one that was on the album, and it says... Um, complete with poorly mic'd and mixed drums. Again, Ooh. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I tell you what, I'm listening on uh, earbuds, uh, so I maybe can't hear the kick as well as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and they do sound, there's not a lot of reverb on them, uh, but I don't know. I, I kind of think those toms sound fucking great, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what and they're talking about. One, the cowbell, the percussion sounds great. Like, I... And it's a really good rhythm too, because you get that. It's it's not a rock and roll rhythm that he's playing on the on the cowbell either. He's throwing in this weird little sort of syncopated y mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool like Latin kind of thing almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost got a Latin flair to it, yeah. Yeah. section it's a good it's a good change hey like going into that half time and getting the big bombastic you know mm-hmm. swings it's got that swing to it as well which just really really works mm-hmm. yeah no it's yeah cool lyrics what do you think of the lyrics randy in this one well you know i'm reading them as they go by and and nothing nothing's really nothing's really sticking out at me as bad yeah i'm not exactly sure what what the fuck it's about <laughs> it's about great king rat and what well, a dirty old you know what a dirty old dog he was well okay i got that part but <laughs> it's one of those though too that well is, is it i was gonna ask you this randy actually it's I, I think this is one of those songs that you know people who don't like queen would sort of complain about it being you know overblown bloated and, and maybe self-indulgent i would posit that all art is self-indulgent by by very by its very nature of it, yes, yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean, unless you're writing to spec for a commercial or for a film or something, you're doing it for your own pleasure first and foremost. And so, it's, of course, it's a sort of a well, I'm doing this for me. So that's immediately that's self indulgent. Most uh, most, if not all, creative uh, pursuits are 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 selfish. They just are. Well, and they should be because that's when you stay true to your own artistic. I mean, it sounds wanky, but your own artistic vision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Queen definitely stuck to their artistic vision, and Freddie wrote the fucking shit out of these lyrics, so let's do a bit more of it. (laughs) 
So just before we get into this little section here, that's a nice little turnaround too, where they go into that different that key change right on the last chord. You know, instead of instead of sticking with the, that structure, and it leads into this section again. Just when you think about arranging songs, composing songs, and just throwing everything all the kitchen sink at things, I just love the the sheer balls and the adventurousness of this. It was a first album, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I always think too, like if you, you know, I mean, there's lots of like I said, you know, Deep Purple doing fantasy lyrics and and Zep and all those guys were doing, but for this weird looking kind of lean angular kind of looking bloke with the with this big sort of bouffant hair with half a microphone stand strutting around in and like it must have been this it must have been amazing to see something like this live in 72 <laughs> or 73 something in a small club but with this grandiosity and pomposity to it it's just so incongruous you know yeah they, <laughs> you're like what the fuck's going on here are these guys <laughs> do summertime blues <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know any Van Morrison? <laughs> well, what's the answer to that one, Randy? When you're on stage and someone shouts out, do you know any ACDC? What's the answer always? This next song is ACDC's favorite song. And then you just play whatever's on your list. <laughs> oh, let's listen to some Brian May. interlude is not part of the episode. Kev just realised during the edit that the song had played for a wee bit too long and was worried about fair use and having the episode taken down. So, you're listening to this nonsense. But, that's enough for now. Back to the song. to break it there just for copyright reasons but fuck me bit shreddy isn't it uh, that's a great that's a great little bit i love that i love the guitar riff the yeah of that that's cool i just like the, the idea that you know hey brian I've, I've written this song great king rat and there's there's a couple of spots for a solo in it how many solos do you want to take i want to take seven <laughs> we can't do seven do you want, how about four i want to do six it's like <laughs> no you can do four He's like, Fred, Fred, hang on here. You know what would make this better? More <laughs> solos. Just putting it out there. You let me know what you think. I am Brian May after all. There's lots of everything in this song, though. Right? There's lots of solos. There's lots of words. There's they, lots they, of fucking drums. <laughs> they definitely did throw the whole fucking... The whole, they shot everything. The, they put everything at it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
So it's going to be coming out fairly soon here, but it's an, I mean, that's probably, it's got to be about a minute. And I like that false end too, right? You've got that false stop. We think you're getting, there's like the little claps come in. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the golf clap Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Good fun. Uh, I like the ending. That's cool. Yeah. How long should I keep playing for? How long should I play this for? Oh, just do about a minute and we'll fade it out. (laughs) Yeah, just keep going. We'll tell you when to quit. Roger's still in the drum room right now. Just go on the Tommy. (laughs) I'm 70 years old over here for fuck's sakes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was great, King Rap. Um, We're going to listen to it again because Randy's not, well, we're pretty sure that if you've heard it before, you've forgotten it. So what we do, folks, is when it's a song that Randy is less familiar with, we just sit and listen to it all the way through as a whole so that we can get a you know better appreciation for the song as a whole. And then we sort of sit and write down any notes, anything we want to sort of talk about, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll fill you in. How does that sound? Okay, so yeah, we got some big, uh, some 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 big drums in a, in a big room there, Randy. Some toms flourishing. That was definitely a flurry or flourishing of toms. A fl- I agree. <laughs> a flurry, a fear, a fear, fear, a fury, a fury, a flurry. A flurry. Yeah, either way, there flurry. They're on flurry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, either way, yes, lots of toms. Lots of uh, lots of big big long solos too. Okay, well the next thing we do, folks, if you're listening for the first time, and if you're not, what well, I'm just going to tell you anyway, is before we start getting into the autopsy, of this thing, and and Randy and I sort of picking apart what we loved, maybe some things that we didn't necessarily love. Um, we're going to vote on this. So this what we do is a binary decision. So we're going to decide um, whether this is one of the champions or whether it should bite the dust. And last week, Randy. Mm-hmm. I voted yes, I was first. there. I, you were there. So was I. We were both there. Um, I'm going to ask you, Great King Rat, it's long, it's proggy as fuck, there's a lot going on. Is it one of the champions, or are you going to get in trouble again on on Twitter, and is, are you going to tell... <laughs> and are you going to put this one in the dustbin? <laughs> you, you know, uh, really, it's just because I don't want to be called Mr. Randy that I must <laughs> vote this... Well, Kev, so I've cast my vote. So now it's time for you to vote. So is this a champion or is this one bite the duster Rooney? I mean, I think I showed my hand in the first eight seconds. You did. It's just one of those queen songs that defines them. And, you know, and straight out the gate, you know, you've got on, like I said, on Queen One, on the debut album, you got my uh, Great King Rat, My Fairy King, that close out side one, and then side two starts with Liar. Three Freddie Mercury compositions, three big sort of fantasy, epic, 
gloriously overblown, self-indulgent, beautiful bits of music that I just, I, I adore. There's nothing about this song I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I, I would, I, I really like it as well. Is it, is it a, a titch long? Yeah, maybe, you know, is it, is it self-indulgent? Certainly. Um, but, but, but I dig it. I, I think all the, I think all the guitar riffs are super cool. Freddie is in fine form. So is Deaky. So is Roger. And really you talk about this being the debut album. It certainly is. Uh, it certainly is a snapshot of, of things to come, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You're talking you about know, the vocals. We didn't we didn't actually talk about Freddie's vocal very much on this, which we you know we tend to lean on that, especially when a song's a little bit weaker. We'll tend to say, yeah, yeah but Freddie's vocal's great. We didn't really talk about it. And one thing I think about this song is, even though it's a heavy song and it's very proggy, there's passages in there and there's phrasing and intonation that he's using that it kind of is more soul singer. Like you get things in there, that's kind of like that's how James Brown would sing this. You know, it's not like that, it's not a whole chorus or a verse, but there's there's lines in there that I think that that's not a rock singer. That's not how a rock singer would sing that line. It's not how Ozzy would sing it. It's not how Gillen would sing it. It's not how Plant would sing it. It's very uniquely Freddie. And I think that that early on, you just you know there's something different about this band, even just from that vocalist. You know. Yeah, like I mean, I guess I guess we've been you know we've been sort of comparing it to some of those classic sort of metal bands. Uh, but, but to, to me, it's, or, or even prog bands, but yeah, to me, it really, it's really, it's really a thing of its own. I, 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 it's, I mean, I can, I can sort of draw the comparison, but, but it's, it's different yet too. And even yeah, like, yeah. And even Brian's soloing too. And, and even some of the cool little syncopated rhythms and licks they've got going. I mean, you know, they're, they're different. They're, they're, they, they definitely reek of, of queen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, where whereas, you know, you know, if, if another band was to pull this off or Ze- Zeppelin of the era would never have done anything like this. And uh and it, it does it does make you wonder. I, I wonder when Maiden got started, if 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 they heard that gallop and they thought, hey, guys, I got a great idea for a band. <laughs> We're gonna use this gallop and everything we do. Oh, so good. And what am I, you know what I'm going to try and do? I'm going to find out, I'd, I'd love, what I'm dreaming now is if the Trooper is in the same key, I'm definitely mashing <laughs> that shit up. There's a mashup coming. So. <laughs> um, it's probably round about the same tempo. It's the same feel, the same swing. But again, yeah. it's that it's that thing where you can put, like, you know, so say it breaks down to half time, and then you really do get that that swing in there. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just sort of that it gets it gets low and dirty, and Deaky's that big fat bass tone. Now, you've mentioned um, about halfway through that you were struggling a little bit to hear the kick drum, and we were sort of talking about you know that comment that you know I, I, this, it sounds like the, the consensus is that this wasn't the best recorded song mm. in, in terms of drums. Which again, the toms sound fantastic. I think the cymbals sound great. The cowbell's great, but of course that's going to be dubbed in. But the kick definitely is a little bit lower. It's not as up front so because i was listening out for that as we were listening back through it after you said that i was like yeah if there's one thing i'd change maybe that would be it it could be a little louder i suppose but you know in in a few sections where it is just roger uh playing you you can you can hear it it's definitely there uh but like i said too it's definitely got a a drier sound to the whole sort of kit it's got a little slightly different sound to it than maybe uh normal but uh I, i just you know, had I not had I not read somewhere that yeah. in, in Queen all the all the, the songs there that they said the drum kit was recorded poorly, I would have never even considered as 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 a problem. It just sounds to me like a recording of a drum kit in the seventies, you know? 
Yeah, and I mean, it's worth remembering that this was recorded, like, you know, this is on off shifts. They're recording this at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning when there is cheap studio time. Let's get in and out and get this done as quickly as we can because, you know, at that point, first album, you don't have a lot of money and the record company's taking a punt on you and you've got to deliver. And so you're not always going to get maybe, you know, tier one engineer. Is, and Did they record this in the midnight shifts on the... I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure they were in in downtime. They were recording this. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure that's right. That well, that yeah, you could be. Yeah, you're right. Could have been a junior engineer then too. Who knows? But uh, either way, I don't I don't think the song suffers. Uh, oh, not, no. not 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 in my opinion, anyhow. And like you said, I mean, it's it, it it reeks of Queen, even though it doesn't have you know what they would do on Queen Two and parts of Sheer Attack, and then usually on. Um, not at the Opera Day at the Races, those huge multi-part harmonies, because there are very few harmonies on this song. You know, there's a couple, like we said, there's a couple where there's one line yeah. or two or three words that are harmonized to great effect, but it's not that it's not what we would come to know Queen for, right? So that's that's a little bit of a change. And again, man, the cowbell, that cowbell is cool. so much of the song, you know. It's really cool. You know, what'd be interesting to know too is uh, I'd like to know what kind of uh, how many tracks they had at Trident. Studios yeah. in 72, you know, are they only working on an eight track? I mean, that would I, be my guess. Yeah. I would guess eight. Yeah, it could, could be a 16. I don't know. Uh, but that would be interesting to know, actually. I'm sure that that would be kicking around in the archive. So, hey, listeners, people on Twitter, people who are much more knowledgeable about Queen than us, which is, I'm going to guess, pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast. Let All us know. of them. Let yes. us know. Yeah. yeah. The only only thing I was going to say to you, Randy, about this one is, and I don't know that I'd ever really picked up on it before or why I hadn't, but when it breaks down is that acoustic section and then it picks back up and you've got almost that sort of, it's kind of a little bit flamenco where that Mm -hmm. rhythm comes in. It's like, oh, that's innuendo. That's what they're calling back to. They're calling back to Great King Rat. They're throwing back, you know, 28 years and they're going back to a sound that they've, or 18 years, sorry. And they're going back to a sound that they've done before, but putting it in a modern context and sort of building on and expanding it. But there's a direct line. There's a through line of their entire career. First to last album or first to last album. Yeah. Proper, right. Super cool. Like I, I, that's a neat little thing that again, this is, I think subconsciously, maybe that was with innuendo. That was one of the things it's like, Oh, I know what this is. This is, pro- this is proper queen, right? Quote unquote. So. Yeah, definitely a cool, definitely a cool, Cool tune. I'm glad we got this one. Me too. And I called it. I called my shot, Randy. You can't, I can't beat believe, it. I can't believe it. What What did the math work out to? A point eight percent chance. Uh, yeah, point eight percent. Point eight percent chance of, of us calling our shots. We got 117. Was it? 117 yeah. tracks on the wheel. 118 actually. So I actually miscalculated. We it would be and, and, and soups on less, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. 118, and I, I call my fucking shot. I'm a. I was gonna say a legend then, but that's far too self. You know, Grandizing, but you know what? I'm in all seriousness, though. I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed this one because I wasn't a hundred percent sure because it is the big dramatic sort of you know. I know that it's not always your cup of tea. Um, there's always a little bit hesitant, but as soon as it kicks in, I can see you nodding your head, and I can see there's like, yeah, Randy loves it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I I do like it. The the only thing is, is it's like I said, maybe it's a touch self indulgent or whatever. But I mean, whatever. Fuck it's like proggy queen song from the first yeah. album yeah it's great i love it well it's i think that's always you know on this other podcast i was telling you about we're listening to genesis and genesis are very self-indulgent and very overbloated and you know 10 minute songs and five minute keyboard solos but it's not a pop song right it's a prog yeah, song right. and prog is different it's meant to be listened to like 
rushes 21 12 or you know those kinds of things are they're pieces and they're they're meant to be longer and they're meant to be a little bit more sit down and listen to it it's not something you're necessarily gonna you know try and learn on your guitar well exactly not everything has to be a three and a half minute pop song right yeah. it just doesn't have to be i mean there's a lot of really good three and a half minute pop songs randy you've written a few yourself well i'm not really good but i've written a few <laughs> well you know we, we've uh, you're in edmonton should, should we call this meeting to order or what? Is it, is it Dedmonton or Stabmonton? Where, where are you leaning these days with your uh, with your city name? <laughs> well, I call it both routinely, so whichever you prefer. <laughs> Dedmonton rhymes a little better. We should tell people who are not Canadian that at least driving from Saskatoon to Edmonton, it takes you know a good five and a half, six hours, whatever. Um, about five and a half. You can do it five and a half. Were you, uh, what, what speed are we doing? Were you sticking religiously to the speed limit, Randy? Yes, I wasn't. And did you stop? Where did you, did you stop? I did. I had to stop for food, Kev. Lloyd and and fuel. Yes, in in Lloyd Minster. Yeah. So the, so Edmonton's a long drive. However, Calgary's round about the same distance, roughly. Calgary is a hell of a drive. It's hellish. It's awful. The road fucking sucks. Um, it's no one likes it. And when you get no. there, you're in fucking Calgary and the city is laid out like a dog turd and it's awful to get around and there's no reason to go there. Yeah, not much. Not much. Uh, but uh, we should say, if we're gonna if we're gonna turn this into a you know seaside highway review <laughs> that the highway between Saskatoon and Edmonton is a divided highway all the way and it's lovely. As a matter of fact, you just gotta watch you don't fall asleep. Yeah. It's um, you know, so I think for my English listeners, one of the things that when I moved to Canada that I just fucking couldn't believe is there are signs on the highway that there is a bend in the road coming up. Just in case you've completely fucking zoned out, be aware that there's gonna be a very, very not like a fucking 90 degree turn, a very gradual three degree bend in the road is upcoming. So well, watch out for that. You might miss it. <laughs> you know what I I noticed, Kev, when I was in the UK driving around. Uh, out, out of in the country, yeah. No shoulders on the oh, road. Oh God, no, no. Like, like I don't mean I don't mean a little shoulder. I mean fucking none. <laughs> so, like, I guess if you get a flat tire, you just take your life in your hands and just try and fucking change it in the middle of the road. I don't know. Yeah, we went to years and years and years ago when we were first married. Very shortly after we were first married, I don't even think we had Kaylin with us yet. Oh, oh no, it was actually it was when. Karen came over the, for the Christmas. We went down and visited her relatives in uh, Norfolk. And her uncle, or her, yeah, her uncle, maybe an uncle, came and picked us up from the train station. And, you know, it's nine o'clock at night. It's dark. And he's flying around those fucking back rows like it's a roller coaster. And Karen gets out of the car and she's just sheet white. Like she's absolutely just fucking terrified. White knuckling. Oh, it doesn't want to say anything. Doesn't want to be rude, right? <laughs> And she's like, why is he driving so fast? I was like, well, you know, on those country roads, they know like the back of their hand. And when at night, it's even better because you can see headlights coming. So he knows there's nothing coming because there's no lights. So, you know, just yeah. rip around as quickly as you can. You know, it's like it's on fucking <laughs> rails. <laughs> it's great. Oh, wacky Brits. Yeah, you wacky Canucks. You guys, <laughs> you guys and your fucking bunny hugs. <laughs> that might be a Saskatchewan thing. That is most definitely a Saskatchewan thing, as is Vico. And we're not going to tell our finalists. We're not going to tell, you know what, look it up. We, we can't do all the work for you. Do some fucking work yourselves. You go look this shit up. When we're talking gibberish, you figure it out. <laughs> Should one last quick thing before we go, Randy, one, on a, just on one very last serious note before we let these people go. 
We have merchandise available now. There are four T-shirts available on our TeePublic and Redbubble uh, sites. And you know what? Um, one of our listeners, I think, has already bought one of our shirts. I think it's the, this Dustopia shirt that uh, Sarah from a Queen, Queen Pod um, picked up. So, you know what? They're a bit of fun. I'm definitely going to buy one or two. And uh, the other thing is, that I think, Randy, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy some stickers. Uh, a couple, you know, I'll, I'll buy like, I don't know, 20 of each or something. Then I'll, I'll tweet of the week. I'm going to send some stickers out to people because I'm just that kind of guy. That's, uh, you know what? That's really big of you, Kev. I'm a big guy, you know, you're, big belly, you're, got a big belly. You're really something special. <laughs> That's what my mum always tells me. <laughs> Hi, mum. <laughs> you're special, Kirby. Charles Dickens once wrote, Nobody near me here but rats, and they are fine, stealthy, secret fellows. If I were to title this episode, and I'm going to, I'd call it, Can I have another solo, sir? Or possibly, why the fuck has Randy saddled me with the one goddamn thing I ask him to do every week? Seriously, one small thing. Just record a lame outro that we both think is witty so that the podcast has some sort of note to end on. But no, Easy Rider's swanning about at Edmonton in his leathers, looking cool, and probably scoping out big city podcasts that he could be doing instead of slumming it with this snaggletooth English Kiss, Kevin. Seaside Park with you. Bronze Third Racket. <laughs>